This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. What do you mean there's no Penn State football game this weekend? Well, we're still doing the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. It is Friday. There's still college football, so there's still Ryan Snyder's best bets. That's coming up, plus a recruiting update here on the Daily. We'll get to it, get you to your weekend as quickly as we possibly can. BWI Daily Edition. We're not rushing. That's not what I meant there, but just that it's Friday. You want to enjoy your weekend. We want to help you enjoy your weekend. So we are going to have a good show today and discuss the things that can put a little extra change in your pocket and give you some insight into what's going on with Penn State football recruiting. Ryan Sider, he does all of that for us here on the Friday Daily Edition. Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm always permanently in a rush, T. Frank. So, yes, we are rushing. That is my life. My wife would tell you that I am the most impatient person in the world because I am the most impatient person in the world. But, yes, I'm doing good. We are off to D.C. tonight to watch a little lineman uh, versus lineman. I, I don't know that's how it But, uh, yeah, we're going to watch Birchmeyer and uh, Anthony Donko go at it tonight. I'm hoping to... You know, get them actually squaring off on each other, right? Because Donko's playing pretty well as a defensive lineman. Of course, Burke yep. plays D-line too. So um, just excited to, to hopefully see those guys go at it a little bit. Uh, broad run. Broad run, man. They were in the state championship last year. They're one and four this year. They have a lot of younger guys on the team. Uh, so just kind of curious to see what they look like. Uh, Lightridge. Lightridge, this is where Donko goes to school. Yeah. Lightridge has only been a school for like, I think, four years now three or four years now it's a it's really a new school they're three and two on the year and and uh you know just steadily projecting upwards i guess is, is the best way to put it uh so just just excited to see these two teams i haven't been down to in virginia for uh, a high school game in i think a year or two so uh, looking forward to getting down there we're hitting the road after this yeah and check out the bwi youtube channel next week when ryan gets all those highlights up because those are going to be some fun ones to watch get a good sense of where both players are in their progression and i know uh anthony donko and and how he's playing is a huge piece of how all the pieces fit for the penn state class mm-hmm. of 2023 offensive line so i'm very excited to see what you find out uh tonight but this week is a Despite the fact that there's not as much going on this weekend because it's Penn State bye week and I have very little to contribute when there isn't a football game going on. So you're going to be the star of the show telling us where coaches are going on the bye week recruiting visits and, of course, uh, when we get to best bets. So what are the the main headlines from this week with Penn State coaches traveling uh, to various schools to see different players? Mm-hmm. Also, uh, a couple things I think to know. Uh, obviously, today's Friday, of course. This is the busiest day. Uh, a handful of coaches went out Thursday. Handful will be out Saturday. Everybody's out Friday. Of course, there's high school games mainly on Friday, so it, so it makes sense. Uh, James Franklin is out all three days. We'll start with him on Thursday. Yesterday, he went and saw Noah Rogers, one of Penn, or one of Ohio State's top committed players. 
Do I think a lot's going to come from that? No, I don't. But he's an incredibly talented player. Penn State has to continue chipping away. You never know. You might get a visit late in the process. So that's notable. Uh, Matthias Barnwell, Carmelo Taylor, a couple other players. They're both in um, you know Virginia area that they saw yesterday. Noah Rogers is uh, from Raleigh area. Uh, they also checked out uh, on Kavion Keys yesterday as well. He was with, uh, I believe, Taylor Stubblefield for that yeah. visit. And all these visits, I should have said, uh, KB on, of course, committed to North Carolina, had Penn State pretty much top two, uh, goes, ends up at UNC. They're going to just keep chipping away at that one, too. They, you know, they like KB on a lot. And uh, do I see a whole lot coming from it? No, I, I really don't. Uh, Auburn and Texas A&M have since offered. I kind of get the impression that if he's going to go visit the school right now, Texas A&M makes makes the most sense as far as, you know, if he's going to going to get away from UNC and, and check out another school. But he's also taken his official visit to Penn State already, too. I think that's important to note. He would have to right. come up for for an unofficial visit. But a couple others on Thursday. I mean, John Scott uh, was up in St. Thomas Moore, who uh, we'll, we'll talk about here in a little bit more. See Zion Tracy, see Joseph Mapui. Uh, Mapui's a, an interesting 2023 defensive end target, I think, Penn State's going to continue watching his progress in film, but I, I do believe there's a there's a real chance that uh, you know he could potentially be a be a take for them down the road. They really like his progress, uh, everything. He's always been good academically, but he's had to improve with credits and things like that because he's originally from Africa. So just gotcha. there's never been like an issue academic wise as far as GPA and things like that. He just has to keep gathering credits, right? Uh, so that's right. why. And, and he's so St. Thomas More is a place where you can be a postgraduate. Uh, he is technically a senior too. I think that's that's important to note. His age, he had to leave Archbishop Carroll, I believe, because of his age. I think he's I think he's maybe nineteen or so now, um, which I think that was the main reason he had to leave Archbishop Carroll, which is uh, out in the, out in the D.C. area. But uh, anyway, Scott checked up on those two. Uh, he was also down in 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 uh, Atlanta. Uh, Heaven Brown Schuler is a really good twenty twenty four defensive lineman. He checked up on, and then he also went to Alabama last night. Uh, to see T.J. Parker's game. Now, I don't believe T.J. Parker played last night, but you still kind of got to show your face, keep chipping away there. Yeah, uh, 2023 wide receiver Carmelo English is, is one of the players on his team as well. So John Scott was really literally up and down the entire eastern seaboard yesterday um, from Connecticut to Atlanta, then over to Alabama. I believe like it's like Birmingham area um, is, is where he ended up there. So uh, some interesting visits there. Uh, Troutline stopped in to see Birchmeyer and Donko yesterday. He won't be at the game tonight. Uh, so, so a couple of things I'll mention with Birchmeyer and Donko. Penn State saw them earlier in the year, and you're only allowed to see them once during this period. But there is a way to get around that. And, and, and the reason he's able to see them again is because they've already paid and been accepted into Penn State. Once you pay gotcha. and you're accepted, uh, contact is I, I don't I, I I don't know if unlimited is the right word because I, I I don't know if there's any details I'm not missing. But but you know calls can happen freely, and you know the fact that he was able to do an in home with them, I believe it's pretty much uh, unlimited contact once that happens. So so Penn State fans don't really have anything to worry about with Birchmeyer or Donko, and, and Jackson Smolik is the other player. Yeah, right. But uh, Jackson Smolik's the other one who's paid and accepted already. Uh, oh wow going to see him tomorrow uh in in iowa they're going to do an in-home visit with his family but mm -hmm. uh, those are some of the key visits on thursday i'm trying to think who am i missing uh, cider's down in south florida he's he'll be there thursday friday he'll, he'll come back then saturday and uh ty howe is in the dmv area to check up on a bunch of prospects i know he was at mcdonough yesterday uh jeff exner is a good 2025 prospect there i think he stopped at archbishop 
care or Archbishop Spalding, excuse me, to check up on 2025 Malik Washington. Uh, both of those players have visited Penn State already. Uh, he also made a stop in at Good Council. Good Council has a ton of players from Aaron Childs to Fahim Delane to Kyle Altooner, uh, a bunch of guys that Penn State's offered. So busy, busy Thursday. I don't know if you just want me to keep talking and rolling. Friday. <laughs> so, I feel like I can let you let, in. Let me, something. let me let me ask you this question. Um, what is the feedback typically when you, cause you've done a bunch of these of following the coaches and knowing where they are and who they're going to. And, mm-hmm. and what's the impact of, of these visits on the bye week and being able to get out and, you know, see people face to face. How I know it's a, is it um, more of a cumulative thing or do these mean a little bit more knowing it's during the season and all that stuff? I, so it's really those December visits where you get to do in homes with all the parents right. and you get to pull guys out of class and actually have substantial talks while they're in school. I, I still say those mean more, you know, in recruiting, it's just consistency, right? Everything in yeah. recruiting these days is about consistently, consistently texting, consistently calling and consistently showing your face every chance you get to show your face. I mean, for example, you know, Jeff Exner and Malik Washington, two 2025 guys, right? I mean, there's a long yeah. way to go until there. But you got to just be consistent. You got to start at some point. And, and clearly, those are two guys that are going to be important to them. Uh, it's all about consistency. So they're going to do it again in December. They'll do it again uh, when they can get out for the spring evaluation period next year. And then you start the cycle all over again uh, next fall. So I think just consistency is the main thing. You know, when they do these visits, they you can have a bump. So, you know, if you run into the player, you can, you know, talk casually for maybe a minute or so. But that's, that's really all it's allowed um, during these kind of uh, during these visits. They are allowed to have extensive talks with the coaches, and that's kind of the main thing here. They're stopping in, talking to coaches, talking to guidance counselors, whoever it may be. But it, but it's really about showing your face and, and making sure the players know uh, not only you're here, but uh, you know that they're also very wanted. It, it it's always interesting. the The importance is always at an eleven, but each individual thing. You know, it seems like it's a very cumulative process, like you said, just consistency mm-hmm. and, and showing up and making sure that guys feel valued and wanted. Um, but during a week like this and you're going to see so many players, it's just it's amazing the amount of coordination and time that goes into seeing a guy and giving him a fist bump in a high school hallway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you know, for one... Friday, mm-hmm. sorry, go ahead, the... go ahead. I was going to say the one thing I'll say, too, is, you know, there's been a lot of talk about increased budgets and all the little things that Franklin's trying to get done, especially with this last contract. You know, one thing I've learned from digging over here is that more private flights are happening for the assistants, which is just Mm -hmm. good to see, uh, because, you know, if you talk, if you're comparing them to so many other schools out there, a lot of those SEC schools, the Ohio States and all that, don't get me wrong. I mean, many of their assistants are still taking public flights, but when you have to get from point B to point or point A yeah. to point B and there's no real direct way to do it. You know, sometimes you, you, you're not able to something we've seen over the years where Penn state basically really wants to go see a certain kid, but the timing just doesn't work out because of commercial flights. And, you know, you know, you gotta be here and, and you only have so much time to get there. So we're seeing my point with all this is we're seeing more private flights for the assistants. Um, yeah. and, and that's, it's important because of, you know, it, it, it just shows recruiting budgets been upped and, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to find ways to just just be aggressive like uh, all the other schools that are pouring massive money into this. And it with flight problems that everyone has right now, if you're not uh, taking care of some of those variables, even the plans that you are making that are conservative might fall through because of that. So uh, another mm-hmm. interesting wrinkle in recruiting that people don't normally think about. That's why yeah. you get paid the medium bucks, Ryan. 
Uh, what about Friday? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, hey, so one thing that I didn't hit on for yesterday, too, is that f- after uh, Franklin did some of his other stops, he flew to Savannah to see Luke Cromanhoek, I believe it's Luke Cromanhoek. He's a 2024 quarterback committed to Florida State. Uh, fans may have seen some tweets last night that, that he was on those sidelines. So, uh, Luke, Luke, Luke. I have to dig more on Luke. I haven't dug too much on him, um, you know, until I learned about obviously this visit the last couple of days, but uh, could be a player to watch. Like I said, of course he's committed to Florida state, but uh, Franklin isn't stopping at that visit. If there's not some kind of discussion or, or something else going on behind the scenes. So just something to keep an eye out there. Uh, as far as his other visits for today, uh, we know he was at Shamanah Madonna. There we go. That, that school again uh, to see Edwin Joseph this morning. Uh, hearing good things with Joseph, guys. I, I still need to keep continuing to to dig on, you know, is is he a take for Penn State this second? Do they want to see what happens with other positions? We, we know they really like the player, but when you only have a couple scholarships, that's kind of the math that that I think we have to figure out here. But I'm starting to feel better. I'm starting to feel pretty confident saying that Joseph is leaning towards Penn State, that there was a lot of talk about Miami after that offer, but I think this official visit has put Penn State in a very good position. The only thing I, the only reason I haven't put it in RPM yet is just, I want to, is he absolutely a take or is this a situation where, you know, they got to get a couple other positions and then figure out, can we take a, another wide receiver at some point? So just something to keep an eye on there, but I, I feel good about Edwin Joseph and, and his thoughts about Penn state. So let's see where that goes. Uh, we know they're also going to be at St. Thomas Aquinas and Dillard today. Of course, Aquinas has King Mack, Conrad Hussey, and Dillard has 2023 running back target Chris Johnson. Sean and I talked about him on the last podcast last week. I mean, we we feel pretty confident in saying he is Jaywan Sider's top target right now as far as getting another running back in this class, which, T. Frank, we've been talking about a good bit. Now that yep. Devin Ford is out. Yeah. It's incredibly, incredibly important. Like now, now I feel like they really have to get another running back in this class uh, because you don't know what happened maybe with Kevon Lee after the season. Uh, yeah. You know, Tron and Nick will be here, but uh, it, will Kevon Lee have a have a reason to look around depending on how the rest of the season goes? So something to keep an eye on there. A um, couple other guys. Uh, Yurchich is going to check out Jaden Davis tonight, 2024 quarterback. And I mean, the fact that he's going to see Davis tonight Kind of tells me that Davis is their top guy, which isn't a massive surprise. I mean, I've had we've pretty much have said Davis is their top guy. I just don't know if he's the most realistic guy for them. I, I still feel like Jane and Bradford is more realistic for Penn State. Uh, Davis has just every school you can think of out there. A lot of people have felt that he's leaning to Michigan. We'll see, but you know, just your just obviously doesn't get out very much. The, the the coordinators don't go out very often as it is. The the rest yeah. of the assistants do more of the traveling. So the fact that that's his first stop. Um, in this in this evaluation period for the fall, it just tells me that yeah, clearly I think Davis is is their top guy, which should like again shouldn't be much much of a surprise. Uh, Terry Smith is in the Tampa region today. He was originally planning to see Elliot Washington play tonight. Of course, Venice uh, High School, uh, um, you know, near Venice Beach there, uh, but their game's been canceled. Of course, the hurricane came through there yeah. last week. Uh, so I think a lot of the games in that area have been canceled, but he is still in the area. Uh, I know he stopped at Berkeley Prep. That's where Keon Keeley is, a top 2023 five-star. Haven't seen a lot of traction there, but Penn State's got to yeah. chip away at him. Uh, Carrollwood Day is another top school in that area. They have a they have about four or five 2024 guys that Penn State has offered. And I know he also stopped by Wharton, too. That's where 2024 running back Stacy Gage is at, formerly at IMG, but he switched over to Wharton. I'm going to keep rolling about, through him. Go ahead. I want to ask you Go about ahead. Keely because I, I noticed that name and, and that was a surprise given that I hadn't really heard any connection with Penn State 
uh, up to this point, and I know he's an uncommitted uh, five-star, and like you got to throw your hat in the ring. Is this something that they've had a, uh, a relationship in the past, but it just never really went anywhere, and they're trying to re- ignite that or is this maybe for the most part yeah okay for the most part i i I just i haven't heard of anything i've asked about him three or four times now since he decommitted i think was previously committed to notre dame i believe it was i I just i don't i don't see a whole lot coming from me i think it's just kind of like the noah rogers stop right like you you know this is an incredible talent um you know, Noah Rogers seems pretty firm with his Ohio State commitment, where at least Keon Keeley is uncommitted. But yeah, it's just you know, it's a really talented player. You're the gonna be in the area. Schools that are going to be after him, that are after him. That mm-hmm. we, you know, the on three recruiting uh, team that we have, that you know, the national team, they've been following his his recruiting yeah. process, and all the names you'd expect are there. So I just was curious oh, yeah. that Penn State was throw like. I, I, I shoot your shot, but I was when you have a limited no, amount of time and resources and all these things, it just that was one thing that uh, kind of perked my my attention. So it's interesting mm-hmm. to see those decisions that you're making in light of the number of spots you have left and you're trying to rekindle new recruitments and stuff right. like that. But it's just interesting little side note there. What are the other major takeaways from today? And then we'll get into a couple other topics. Yeah, well, just one thing with Keeley too. Like, I mean, he's a five-star player, and defensive end is a massively important position. So you right. you got to keep trying. Uh, I will say he's going to take his third official visit this weekend to Alabama. He's already taken one to Notre Dame, uh, took one to Ohio State, I believe, the first week of the season. So you know he's got two left. Maybe Penn State can work something in there, but it's it's you know the chances are going to be pretty slim in my eyes. But we'll see. Maybe something will emerge there that I'm not seeing at the moment. So, uh, but Ty Howe, he's going to be at the the, the DeMatha Gonzaga game tonight. I think two programs Penn State fans should be pretty familiar with. Uh, DeMatha has a host of guys from Tavani Mazel, 2024 running back, Emmett Laws, 2024 defensive tackle. And then they have a couple 2025 guys. Bug Coombs is a player I like a lot. And Nathan Owosu Boateng is a, is a good looking linebacker, kind of hybrid player. And of course, Gonzaga then has Evan Link. Penn State's mm-hmm. not trying to give up there. I mean, Ty Howe has some. Troutwine had the Troutwine and Cider were the majority of the guys recruiting Link, but Hal has a relationship there with him as well. Actually, excuse me, I should say you know, it was Hal and and, and Troutwine more than Cider, I think for for Link. But either way, I mean they're going to keep chipping away at Link. Um, we'll we'll see what happens. How uh, Hal also stopped by Friendship uh, Collegiate Academy today. That's where five star defensive end. Uh, Dylan Stewart's at Dylan Stewart was just up here for the Ohio game a couple weeks ago. So keep chipping away there. Uh, just two other notables here. Phil Troutwine is in Massachusetts today. Liam Andrews. We've talked about a good bit. 2024 offensive lineman. I have Liam as their number one interior guy for 2024. Phil, pretty good there too i think that's trending in the right direction for penn state at the moment let's see if he gets back on campus for for a game here at some point that with them playing the majority of their games uh on saturdays up there in massachusetts it might be hard but i could see him getting on campus maybe in november when their games are over uh gerby lambert too you know sean and i talked about him on the tuesday podcast really big 2024 offensive tackle prospect he will stop by that school as well and then just one other one i want to mention taylor stubblefield and John, or excuse me, Taylor Stubblefield and Anthony Poindexter are checking up today on Cam Seldon. Of course, the Tennessee wide receiver commit that Penn State was very much in the mix with. We'll see what happens there. Taylor Stubblefield is then flying out to St. Louis tonight to watch Ryan Wingo, another five-star wide receiver that I will have to check up on more. If he's flying out there, there must be some sort of a relationship there that, uh, you know, I haven't I haven't dug up on a lot yet. So keep an eye on Wingo. Selden, of course, they'll keep chipping away at. And uh, those are the majority of the visits 
for today. So check out bluewhiteillustrated.com. Sign up for just $1 to get all the other names and all the other players and places and get the inside scoop on the Lions Den message board to hear the feedback of how all of this went from our recruiting insiders, Ryan Snyder, and of course, Sean Fitz. The next thing is uh, a committed player for the class of 2023 that we've, uh, I think, both said is a very good football player, kind of came out of nowhere discussing his recruitment to Zion Tracy. You got a little bit more context, a little more information from his current coach at St. Thomas More. So what was that conversation like, and what did you learn about Tracy that you, you didn't know before? Mm-hmm. I'll cut up with Ernest Anderson. He's the head coach at St. Thomas More. Really, we just asked a lot about how he ended up at uh, St. Thomas More, originally from you know Luth- uh, Long Island Lutheran in you know, Long Island, obviously. You know, I would say what I learned most from that interview. Well, one thing I learned is that he's not really playing a lot of defensive back at St. Thomas More. He's playing mainly wide receiver there. Uh, Zion has always kind of been a wide receiver, but Penn State loves his long arms, uh, loves us athleticism, and they, they think he projects best. You know, Coach Anderson was mainly saying that he's just a better weapon for them at offense than more than defense because of it, just the way their roster is. They have talented guys for defense. They don't have as many talented guys for wide receivers, so he just kind of – fits best there at the moment uh learned a lot about how he ended up there like i said really just kind of a, a friend of a friend kind of put uh anderson on to to zion and, and kept an eye on him and you know he, he talked a little bit about the, the what happened with temple and you know syracuse came in late for zion last year that i didn't know about i guess syracuse was down to zion and one other player late last year before the the final signing period and uh but penn state i want to say penn state got lucky but syracuse ended up taking another player or Zion probably would have ended up at, at Syracuse last year. So learned a little bit about that. Uh, a lot of positive things as, as far as, you know, where Zion, the, the first impressions Zion has made since he's been there, just about the kind of athlete he is. He talked a lot about, you know, Zion probably being the best athlete he's ever had there. If, mm-hmm. if you follow St. Thomas Moore, you know, they've had a ton of talented players over the years. Of course, uh, Tyler Rudolph went there and, you know, there's, there's a ton of other guys too, but uh you know, I think those were kind of the main things. He talked really positive about Terry Smith. I mean, we, we see that all the time, right? About just how yeah. the honest, straight up guy Terry is, and that's kind of what wins what wins his recruitments more often than not. Uh, we talked. Well, I guess one other thing I learned is we, we were talking about the camp scene, and you, we've talked a lot, T. Frank, about how him going up against Johnny Shakir was a big reason why he ended up at Penn State. We, yeah. we, we knew Penn State liked him as a player, but. You know, none of us really had Zion as like a, you know, this is a player we got to watch because he might end up here the night of that camp. Well, one other thing I learned, too, is that when he went to the Rutgers camp this year, Yazid Haynes, of course, you know, was previously committed to Rutgers. When he went to that camp, you know, he, he had a great performance against Yazid Haynes as well, who, of course, ended up at Georgia. So it wasn't just Ajani that he had an awesome standout performance with from a camp scene. Uh, he did it against Yazid up at Rutgers as well. But I'd say those were kind of the main takeaways. I didn't want to go into everything because I want uh, fans, of course, to be able to read it. But, uh, you know, just just an honest assessment from his coach and obviously a lot of positive things to say. I mean, he, he you know, he he. he made it clear that those long arms and his athleticism works out really well at corner. It's just for their team purposes, wide receiver makes the most sense for them at the moment. But that, that was interesting to me because I was hoping to get some DB film and we will, he did say that when they, (laughs) he did play when they, when they play IMG and when they play St. Francis, he's probably going to play a lot more defensive back. They do play IMG tonight. So 
Uh, if you guys want to watch that, that that game should be somewhere on YouTube. I believe IMG has most of their games uh, streamed, yeah. so you can you can probably as long as they're not on but... ESPN, they end up on YouTube, from what I can tell. Yeah, and that's great yeah. because I have been very frustrated. There's not a T Frank's film room on Zion Tracy because there's no film on Zion mm-hmm. Tracy. There's absolutely yeah. nothing out there, especially from St. Thomas More. And I have looked every week this season, uh, but that'll be exciting to see him tonight against some of the nation's best high school football players, and you know we'll keep track of that as well. Um, the, the arm length to me, that was the one thing that he kept harping on and that I saw immediately on film is, you know, the, the weaponry he has with length and speed, that is the building blocks of a great football player. And I, whether it's receiver or corner, you know, corner, obviously there's, there's reasons for having length and needing length, but you don't want a receiver with short arms either. Uh, yeah. we are not short on talent here on the BWI daily edition because Ryan Snyder is filling two roles for us on Fridays. All that recruiting information, 20 minutes of recruiting information, just a giant cylinder full of delicious information. Now, we're going on to Ryan Snyder's best bet. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think this is going to be one of the best seasons Toledo's ever had. Uh, we'll do the official play will be minus seven and a half first half. Degenerate in me sometimes watches a little Hawaii, you know. Uh, Stanford, I'll, I'll, I'll lay 12 with Stanford. Vanderbilt stinks. I had them last week against Notre Dame. That was a winner. So let's get into the games this week, Ryan. <laughs> I'll never not laugh. It makes me want to go clubbing in like Monaco. Right. Anyway. Well, that's the that's what you bring us, Ryan. The uh, <laughs> the upward trajectory in our lives where we can afford to go clubbing in Monaco or own a yacht. Uh, so how did we do last week? I, I did not. I trust you two to and keep two. track of these things. Okay. All two right, and two. Yeah. Two and two last week. So uh, six and eight on the season. We got to we got to get that back to 500. Uh, we're 47 and 36 all time. So still doing fine all time uh, off to kind of a mediocre start this year. Uh, I only picked four games last week. I try and do five each week. Uh, since I only picked four, we're going with six this week uh, for, for best bets. Um, I'll just roll kind of right into it. The, the UNLV San Jose state game to, is, is a Friday night game. Kind of threw it in there. What's your appetite, you know, coming back from a late, Late night dinner, maybe a few drinks. It's a 10.30 start. The the old 10.30 CBS network degenerate play, as I like to call it. <laughs> uh, I'm going with San Jose State here. Uh, they're, they're minus six against UNLV. Uh, just a couple things. I mean, I really like uh, Shavion Cordero. I think he's a very underrated quarterback. I've watched him play twice now. Uh, really just like just love his game. He really makes smart decisions, completing 60% of his passes, no interceptions, um, substantially over a couple couple hundred over a thousand yards this year. It's just, just a true dual threat guy. I mean, he's a I've, I don't want to call him electric player. He's not like a Mike Vick or anything like that, but I just really uh, enjoy watching him. I, I think he's going to be the best player on the field tonight. Uh, UNLV is four and one. Both of these teams have a solid record. I think they're both four and one on the year, uh, but UNLV just the way they've won their games and who they've played, I think is just 
not not very good. I mean, for example, they last week in the second half, they were losing to New Mexico. I think they've had I was reading it, what was it earlier? I think it was eight turnovers in the last two games in their favor. You know, so oh, wow. just they're yeah. getting the they're, you know, they're 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 capitalizing for other teams' mistakes, and that's great. But the other teams they played are Idaho State, North Texas, Utah State. And yeah. New Mexico. And then they, yeah. you know, they played one other team where they lost to, you know, a quality power five program. But it was their four wins are against a bunch of nobodies. Not that San Jose State has a bunch of quality wins. I mean, they did beat Wyoming. And I think Wyoming has wins over Air Force and Tulsa. So I mean, that's not too, too bad. And and you know, they they played Auburn tough. And I know Auburn isn't some elite juggernaut this year, but you know, they only lost to Auburn by one score. I think you watched some of that game. Of course it was the week before Penn state. I, I remember watching a little yeah. bit of it. Just, I, I, I saw some positive things there. So I, yeah. I like San Jose state at home. This spread was originally like minus three and a half minus four. So I'm a little worried that I got on a little too late. I like to always be on the right side of that uh, and, and not be taking points uh, or not be taking favorites when the spread has jumped a good bit but I, I think we're still on the right side as long as you get this under a touchdown i like it give me san jose state minus six so then we got next game a big 10 matchup of uh, purdue and they are uh at maryland so maryland yep. the favorite here what are you seeing with the terps and the boilermakers give me the over uh over 58 i just look it's a good state, bet <laughs> if penn state and Purdue were 35 to 31. Yeah. Like that was the final score. Watch this game. Like, I feel like this over should be like closer to 65. I, I, yeah. I don't, you know, at least a little bit higher than this. I mean, I don't, I mean, first off, Purdue has scored in like the mid twenties, almost every game this year. Uh, they've scored They scored 20 last week against Minnesota. And then every other game has been in the twenties or thirties. Maryland has scored 27 points in every single game, at least 27 points in every single game. That includes 27 against Michigan, who has a quality yep. defense there. Yep. Uh, and just like I said, I mean, I, I, I think there's two great quarterbacks in this game. I think yep. uh, Tygo Vilo is a quality quarterback. I think we know Aiden Connell is a quality quarterback. I just don't see any reason why, again, if Penn State and Purdue were 35-31, Penn State has a better defense and probably not as quality. I mean, I think their offense is probably comparable to Maryland right now. Maybe yeah. maybe they're a little bit better on the ground, but I mean, t t like I said, Tagovailoa is a quality quarterback. I just I, I like the over in this. I think I think fifty eight's a little bit too low. I see this kind of like a maybe a thirty eight thirty one kind of game. I, I feel feel pretty good about that bet. So give me the over of fifty eight. Yeah, I think that's a smart bet. I'm on board with that one. Virginia Tech, and I always love. Uh, when you know something about the quarterback is when you feel good, right? And we, I feel mm -hmm. like we know a lot For about sure. these two quarterbacks. Virginia For Tech sure. at Pitt. Virginia Tech getting 14 and a half on the road mm -hmm. with the Panthers. So what's uh, what's got your interest in this game other than Brent Pry? <laughs> this is another over for me. Uh, the over-under is 41 and a half, okay? And yeah, Virginia Tech's offense is not good. But I mean, if Virginia Tech gets to 14 in this game, like I feel pretty confident that this is going over. I mean, so let's. This is a couple things here. One, uh, Pitt has gone over this number in every single one of its games so far. Uh, I really, I mean, that that grabs my attention because I feel like Pitt should dictate this game. Yes, Virginia, Virginia Tech's offense is bad, but guys, their defense is now struggling too. Brent Pry has some some serious work on his hands there. I mean, they allowed thirty three points to West Virginia two weeks ago. Now they allowed forty one points. I mean, they allowed forty one points to UNC alone last week. Yeah. Okay. And this yeah. over under is forty one and a half. It just, just they were not good in the Old Dominion game. You know, the one that I saw, they no. were, and it was a lot of mental mistakes too. Would you 
I, I was surprised, <laughs> rather surprised by that there's not more discipline. Uh, but, you know, it's first season in a new defense. But still, that was a bit of a surprise. You're right. But Pitt's, I mean, Pitt's coming off of Georgia Tech upset last week. So they should be, you know, they, they got a rebound here. I mean, I just, I, I feel like Pitt should get to 30. And if you're telling me that Virginia Tech just has to get like 10, 10 or so points in this game, I, I'll take that all day. I just, this number feels like it should be, you know, 45-ish, maybe a little bit over that. So I just feel like it's too low of a number. I'll take over 41 and a half in the Votek picking. All right, TCU, a favorite on the road at Kansas. You have been picking against Kansas for most of the year, right? Are we still on oh, that yeah. train? Hell no. We are. Or, yeah, hell yeah, we're on that train. <laughs> we are. We are. Kansas is going to lose at some point. They should have <laughs> lost. They should have lost against Iowa State last week. Iowa State just, Matt Campbell kept shooting himself in the foot and the kicker. I mean, I think with the freshman kicker missed three kicks last week, maybe four kicks, something like that. I mean, I, that should have been a winner for me last week. We should have been three and one, but I say that every week. Right. So, all right. But a couple of things, Max Duggan guys is for real. And I, I just talked last week or two weeks ago when I took, uh, when I took TCU over SMU, you know, I've never been a massive Max Duggan fan, but the guy is crushing it right now. Complete 75% of his passes, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions, but, but really it's 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 TCU's ground game that's like standing out to me the most. Uh, uh, Ke- uh Keandre Miller, Amari DiMacardo, I believe his name is, uh, averaging seven point six yards per carry. The two of them, I mean, TCU has more runs, um, o- o- over thirty yards. I believe it has more thirty yard or plus runs than any other team in the country right now. So they're getting a lot of explosive plays, a lot of big plays. Um, yeah, I mean, and the, I mean they've played some quality teams. They're averaging what was it? Averaging eight point three yards. Per per play, I think that's including passing. So that's another quality stat there. There's just yeah. a lot of things here that just, I mean, they, God. they blew out Oklahoma, gonna, right? Like, yeah, they, they, they destroyed on Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Oklahoma um, by the way, is entirely overrated. I watched one of their games. Their oh, offense is bad. Like, it's not just mm-hmm. that the players, the schemes are bad. And this is always mm-hmm. my concern when you hire a defensive minded coach is what is their philosophy on offense? Because offense is so important. It is, Mm -hmm. you know, a a lot of people say you like you start with defense, defense wins championships. But like the objective of football is not to stop the other team. The objective, the basis of football is to score points and then prevent the other team because you can't win if you don't score any points. And uh, yeah, I'm the mini rant here, but uh, I'm sure Brent Venables has time to change things and, and get his house in order. But just the gimmickiness of that Oklahoma offense and how it clearly was the brainchild of somebody who has like defensive minded things mm-hmm. fade Oklahoma. Like that, that is my, that is my assessment of what I saw of them, but your thought yeah. in this game, get back to what you have I, to say. I do. I do like Texas too. I didn't have that in best bets, but I, I did look at Texas a good bit. Uh, Cause you know that there's the red river uh, shootout or rivalry, yeah. I guess, but it's really the shootout. Let's call it the shootout. Um, Okay, so a couple other things with TCU. I've actually did my research on this game. They've scored twenty nine. They've scored twenty nine and forty nine in their offensive drives this year, guys. That's pretty. That's pretty damn good. I think it's like sixty, yeah. almost sixty percent or so. And twenty seven of those have been touchdowns. Another impressive stat there. But here, here's the here's the kicker though. Last week, Jalen Jalen Daniels, Kansas quarterback, doing really well, but he struggled against Iowa State, who was a three three five stack defense. Yep. So does TCU. TCU has better players too. I think Jalen Daniels was something like seven of 14, 93 yards passing, just had just nine yards rushing. I, I just, 
There's so many things that stack up in TCU's favor. Oh, by the way, TCU is the best team in the country right now at not allowing explosive plays on defense. And yes, Oklahoma and SMU are gimmicky, but I mean, they still played SMU and Oklahoma and they're the best team in the country statistically at allowing explosive plays. Yes, I agree with you. Oklahoma's not great, but they still can produce some explosive plays. Same with SMU. So that just stands out to me. But, uh, But yeah, just... The moral of the story here is Kansas State's going to lose at some point. They're going to get, I'm not going to say blown out, but they're going to get beat up pretty good at some point here. I thought it would be last week. I'm doubling down, tripling down, whatever you want to call it. TCU minus six. Let's go. All right. Uh, you're going you're gonna to be right one of these weeks. So about Kansas, be. about Kansas. Now that or they're uh, going to the national championship. And then I'm going <laughs> to pound them to lose in the national championship if they do. But go on. Uh, I believe they call that a sunk cost. Auburn yes. at Georgia, a massive 30-point spread here. Uh, what do we do? What do you think I'm taking in this one? Uh, are, are, you're not going to take Georgia to cover, are you? No, I'm taking okay. the points. Okay. I'm taking the points. I mean, look, uh, Georgia's going to blow up one of these weeks. I, you know, Obviously, they've had a bad week against Missouri. Not a bad week, but they won. They won by like four points or so. Yeah. Kent State, I think they only won by like 17 or so. They're not clicking on all cylinders at the moment. But, I mean, 30 points, guys, is a crazy number in an SEC versus SEC kind of game. I, we, yeah. There was um, – I want to give credit. Who, who did I see the stat from? I think it was on ESPN. I think it was uh, – the bear and Stanford C they, they do like a, a gambling pick thing every week. So I, I want to make sure I yeah. give them credit, but I think the bear did a stat where it was in 30 point spread games in the sec over the year, the favorite is six and 12 against the spread. So that stands out to me. And then, and then Georgia and those Georgia's played five of those games and they're one and four against the spread. So, yeah. you know, 30, they just don't really cover in these, in these, you know, high spread kind of games. Uh, and that's really all it is. I just think this is a crazy number. You know, maybe Georgia will just come alive this week and destroy Auburn. But, hey, Auburn played well against LSU last week. That was actually a yeah. game I bet in real life I had Auburn. I didn't have him in best bets, but I did play Auburn last week, and I, I felt good about that game. <laughs> then they almost blew it at the end there. LSU, I thought LSU might might sneak in a back there cover. Fortunately, they didn't. But I, I thought Auburn played well. They kind of gave up in the second half, and that is what worries me in this one is, you know, will they stick around the first half and then just let Georgia destroy them, similar to how Penn State did in that third quarter. But, yeah. A third, you know, whenever I'm getting an SEC team, you know, this is a rivalry game too. Uh, whenever, I, whenever I'm getting in these situations, you're going to give me 30 points. How can I not take it? A huge spread Auburn at Georgia. And now for our uh, de facto game of the week. Right. Because, uh, there's no Penn State game. Texas A&M at Alabama, another giant spread in the SEC. So what do you see here? Oh, all the opposite. This is Nick Saban all day, baby. <laughs> I mean, you guys know, anyone who's reading this should know what happened this past year with Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher and all the war, you know, the the war of words they had about NIL and all that kind of stuff. Look, I, I don't, I still feel good about this, even if the freaking Heisman Trophy winner doesn't play in this game. I, I, so a couple things here. One, uh, let's just look at some stats here. Nick Saban. In a revenge game, you know, so playing a team that he lost to last year. There's been 15 teams that have beaten him since he's been in Alabama. When playing them the next year, he's 11-4 and four against the spread. In spreads of 10 or more points, which is obviously this is 23 and a half, so this is, this is a lot bigger. He's perfect 6-0. and So whenever he gets in these situations in a revenge spot, uh, he doesn't 
call off the dogs. I mean, they keep piling it on in the third and fourth quarter, and I expect them to keep piling it on and on and on in this one. Uh, I, I can go through a bunch of other stats if you want, but I just sure. think Texas A&M sucks, and, <laughs> and Alabama has every reason in the world to just destroy them. I mean, I, one thing I will say is Haynes King, the quarterback for A&M. So here's the stats for the, the games he's played in so far this year. Sam Houston State, he had two interceptions. Uh, against App State, he was 13-20 for 97 yards. Not very yeah. good. Uh, Mississippi State, 6 of 13, 49 yards and two interceptions last week. And now he's going to go against Will Anderson and Alabama? I mean, how are they going to score? I don't understand yeah. how they're going to score. Uh, the, the other play is, is to take the team total under Texas A&M in this one. I, I think it's at like 10, and I don't think they're going to get 10. I, the, Texas A&M's offense has not been able to do anything all year. Uh, you know, their, their, their defensive line are all young kids who are getting pushed around all the time. That That's going to continue in this one. Yeah. Even Jalen, if Jalen Milrow does play, uh, I think they'll be okay. Cause they can run the ball all day on A&M. A&M has the 11 is 111th in the country and rushing, rushing success rate for defense. I mean, teams are just gashing them all over the place. Uh, yeah. Give me, give me Alabama. My, I, I, this is the other key thing too, is the spread now is at 24 24 and a half. I did get it at 23 and a half. So I'm cheating here a little bit because I don't think you're going to get 23 and a half. I bet this yesterday, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> but I bet it at 23 and a half. So we're taking it 23 and a half. But if you're betting now, it's probably going to be at 24. Definitely search around. You, you, you can find 24. Don't, you know, get that over 24 and a half, no doubt. Uh, so just before we get out of here on the BWI Daily Edition, quickly run down our bets through the six games you picked this week. Yeah. All right, give me San Jose State minus six. I just think UNLV is a paper tiger. They've yeah, they have a good record, but they've played absolutely nobody. Uh, Purdue, Maryland over fifty eight. Uh, I, I like. I just think they're two good quality quarterbacks. There's no reason that both these teams can't score in the high twenties, low thirties. They they should be able to get over that number. Virginia Tech, Pitt, give me over forty one and a half. Again, forty one and a half is a low number in college football. I don't see why Pitt can't get in the thirties if Virginia Tech can get me 10 points, we should cover this game. I like that. TCU minus six. Kansas is just, their time has come. They had a great run. They're going to face their first quality team. There's so many stats that are in TCU's favor for this one. Give me TCU minus six. Auburn plus 30. Rivalry game in the SEC. You know, the, these these favorites with 30 points or more in the SEC rarely cover. That's really all it is for me. I'm just, it's too many points. I'm going to try it. Let's see what happens. And then Texas A&M minus 20, or excuse me, Alabama minus 23 and a half versus Texas A&M. Uh, every reason in the world to expect uh, Nick Saban to keep piling on points in the fourth quarter. You want to do this again next week? Let's see. What do I got going on next week? Uh, yeah, I only have to go to Lancaster next week. So yeah, nice. next Friday is great. I don't got to do a two and a half hour drive. So, uh, or, you know, one way, really five hours if you think about it. So yeah, next week, all, all in, buddy. Let's oh, all Michigan right. next week too. By the way, by the way, that yeah. spread opened at 10. At 10. Penn State getting 10 against Michigan. You guys missed it already. It's already down to like eight, seven and a half. Uh, all the sharp betters out there pounded Penn State at plus 10 on DraftKings yesterday. So uh, if you find anything that's Penn State plus eight, plus nine, plus 10, absolutely bet it because there's no way that game. I think that game's like a six, in my opinion. Uh, I, Michigan certainly deserves to be a favorite. I don't know. I don't know about a touchdown favorite. But I think that's where it's going to end. I think it's going to end at like six and a half, seven. 
Uh, so if you can get Penn State over a touchdown, I'd play it now because I don't see it staying there. A freebie right there from Ryan Snyder on best bet. Oh, we're definitely Thank betting Penn State next week, <laughs> I mean, which is probably I'm, I'm losing every Penn State bet. So maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I'll maybe I'll do the reverse jinx next week. Keep everybody happy. All right, that'll do it today for the BWI Daily Edition. We will be back on Monday, Michigan game week, the first day of the rest of Penn State's life for the second half of the season. We'll have a live show, APM preview of all that stuff. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. We will talk to you then.